Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into a business-growing sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, SEO, and social media advice, and also has strategies and tips from the experts without fluff. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and an education partner with the Shopify-approved course, 1,000 Sales and Beyond. He's the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick has over 13 years experience in digital marketing from PPC and SEO through to digital transformation of businesses. He's helped hundreds of brands from startup Shopify stores through to international enterprises that operate in hundreds of countries. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For those of you who haven't tuned in before, my name's Nick. I host the podcast here. I'm also the CEO at Just Ask Parker amongst a number of different hats that I wear from day to day. For anyone who's not tuned in before, I highly recommend listening to a different episode to this one. This one will probably still be useful to tune into, but today we're going to do a little bit of a look back over the last few months to see some of the main points that have come out from some of my very special guests that we've had on here and some of the series that we have run as well. But as I say, if it's your first time here, This is not going to be a normal episode by any means, so feel free to listen in, but I highly recommend going to check out some of the other episodes as well. If you're enjoying our content, then you're very, very welcome, and we obviously create these podcasts to support you guys in your journeys with Shopify. However, one thing we do ask for is just a quick like, I say like, more of a review on uh, whatever podcasting platform you're using. Some of them do have a liking uh, facility where you can just click like or give it a vote, that sort of thing. Most people, though, from looking at our numbers are listening on Spotify and the most used platform is iTunes, so the Apple Podcasts app on your iPhone. If you could just go on there and whatever country you're in, just give us a little five-star review. That'd be really, really useful. I'm not going to gloat, but we were number one. I think it was in Estonia for business and e-commerce podcasts. And we were there for a full week about two or three months ago. So it does help us. So if you go do that, that'd be great. It also helps spread the good word of the podcast. And obviously, as I say, we run this to support you guys. So if you could go and do that for me, that'd be a huge, huge help. And also, which you'll probably hear in the outro as well, and probably hear me mention later, if you want to go and join in the conversation and recommend podcast episodes and get help with any questions you've got as well, we've got a community of people on our Winning with Shopify Facebook group. So go and check that out. Type in Winning with Shopify into Facebook. That'll pop up and you can ask questions. Um, answer other people's questions and join the community. I have to be honest, there's not been a huge amount of activity on there and it's completely my fault. So I will be approving posts and keeping an eye on what is going on there, as will my colleague Byron, who some of you met a few weeks ago on the podcast as well, on a little bonus episode similar to this. But without further ado, we're going to have quite a nice short, snappy episode today. And I'm going to look back at the top five things that we have lined up from recent episodes, the top five things to grow your Shopify store. And these are going to be in order going from what we think is fifth uh, top tip right the way up to number one, the five things you need to focus on if you want to generate more revenue. So without further ado, let's crack into uh, number five. The first one And I have to be honest, this is a huge, huge issue amongst a lot of merchants that we work with, is that people regularly email us. And there's one particular guest we had on recently, and I know you tune in and you know I'm talking about you on this one because we had a call about it this week. Do not get distracted by shiny new apps or new things or the coulds or the what ifs, etc. 
they're great. And those ideas are often business direction changing ideas. Nine out of 10 times they won't work, but the one out of 10 that does work is going to be incredibly important. And the reason we say don't get distracted is because, as I say, nine out of 10, and I'm making these numbers up just to make the point, a lot of them don't really work. So we were talking with one of our clients about a subscription model and membership model, and and those two things were going to be different. And pretty quickly on the call with the client, and we said their web developer there as well, I pointed out that you know one of the biggest difficulties about that is you're still not making enough revenue from Facebook advertising. We've not really got Google off the ground yet. SEO has been non-existent. And there's a lot of quick wins to be had there. So if we're going to focus our time and attention on something, let's focus it on those things to get us more revenue through the channels that already exist and the channels that we know are already working. So again, try not to get too distracted by all these shiny new ideas or a competitor's just launched something, etc. Try to focus on the things that we know are either making money or aren't making money yet. Because otherwise you're going to end up spread so thin, it's going to be so many different things going on. And what we need to do is focus this thing down. That said, when you are focusing on the things you should be focusing on, certainly in the earlier days, and earlier days could be the first five years, we just need to drive revenue and get repeat orders from customers. Those are the two things. There are apps to support you in that. But again, let's try and keep ourselves grounded before we then start to look at doing something that's going to be an industry changing move. It's a lot easier and more effective to do that down the line when you've got resources and you've got a team and you've also got thousands, if not millions of customers to then push that towards. So top tip number five is do not get distracted by shiny apps and new things. Top tip number four and this one, I have to be honest, is a biggie amongst the, uh, the Parker clients that we have here at Just Ask Parker. Get your design and theme right first. You're not going to get it perfect. You might not get it right first time either. So I'm not saying turn all your advertising off and don't do any of that. But you need to have a focus on getting the design and the theme right. We have a phrase we use internally here. We know what good looks like. So sometimes when clients say to us, what's the target for SEO? How much are we going to increase traffic, increase revenue? We always use the phrase of, well, we know what good looks like. So if it's growing and we've grown it more within the first three months than we've charged you, well, that's a good place to start. And it's exactly the same with design. We know what good looks like. For example, on one site a few days ago, we saw that they had live chat and they had their cookie message on top of the live chat button. But when you clicked on the cookie message button, it didn't do anything. So the cookie message button was broken. And I asked them, you know, how many people are using live chat? And they sort of said, well, I have to be honest, very, very few compared to normal. And we're sort of like, okay, well, yeah, that'll be why, which was a nice, easy, quick win. So again, focus on design, focus on the theme, get your branding right, keep adapting it, keep trying new things. And also, which I'm going to come on to, which actually our top point will help you do this. So listen out for point number one in a couple of minutes time, and that will help you with your design and your theme. But make sure you put some time in, put a focus in, see what customers are doing on the site and have a look at competitor sites and just be really, really critical of it. I know that can be quite an emotional experience sometimes when you've spent all this time building and developing something and now you're sitting there trying to be critical about it. What I would say, and this is very much my philosophy at work, I own a couple of businesses and I run those businesses. However, when I get out of bed in the morning, I don't think to myself, I'm the boss, I'm in charge, etc. What I actually think is I think to myself, I work for spec, I work for Just Ask Parker. My role is owner, so everything stops with me, but I work for that business. And certainly in the UK, and it's very similar in the US and across Europe and the rest of the world, the business itself is actually a legal entity. It's, it's, a, it's almost like its own person. It has an identity, it has its own tax accounts, it makes decisions for itself. And also if something goes wrong, it is held liable, not, not me. 
hence the name limited business. So again, if that helps you with looking at your theme, looking at your design, take the approach that you're not trying to be critical. And it doesn't matter if you are critical at this stage because you're not precious about it. All you're trying to do is get the most revenue and get the best experience for your customers to try and be as objective as you can when you look at design and you look at the themes that that you might be using on your Shopify store. Point number three, then, of our list of five. And this one's quite an easy one. And I'll dig into some of these areas. The point is do lots of marketing. And I don't say this lightly. And it's quite an easy statement to make. So I will unpack it. But we find a lot of businesses they kick off and, you know, they sort of go, wow, this is looking great. And then they might get distracted by those shiny apps and those shiny new ideas. They actually get over distracted about their theme and the design of the site and where things should or shouldn't go on the web page. And then they take their eye off what really is going to drive traffic. And this, this is all of this so far, these first three points really are about time management and focus, where you should be focusing your time, your investment, your resources. And if you've got it, where's your team going to focus as well? What are the things that they need to work on? And the same with your suppliers. What you might find is you might find one SEO agency wants to do lots and lots of work, writing blog posts. Perfectly honest, those agencies, we're very, very good at pitching against them because writing lots of blog posts is not going to help your business at all, unless you've already got an enormous audience. And then all you're doing is a bit of a nice to have. It falls in the branding column. SEO doesn't really work like that. So again, getting your supplier to focus on the right thing is really, really important. And that goes for your time. And your time probably, in my opinion, you should try to aim to spend 40 to 50% of your time working on marketing. And some of the things you want to work on on marketing, obviously Google shopping, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, Twitter ads, if you've played with that, LinkedIn, if you've got a bit more of a B2B or a professional product, that kind of thing, Google text ads, Google display, start with the one that's going to work the best. And if you've listened to any of my episodes before, you'll know that I'm a massive advocate of Google shopping. It is the place to start. We've launched a lot of new campaigns this week. So it's the first thing I did before I clicked record on this podcast this morning was to go straight into a couple of different Google shopping um, accounts we're looking after check the numbers, check the search term report, where are products, do we need to break them down anymore? What's revenue look like yesterday? Get obsessed with marketing. And I think 40 to 50% of your time, especially if you're on your own, if you're a one person Shopify business at the moment, focus on marketing. Some other things you want to look at outside of advertising then, which is part of the marketing mix, you want to look at things like partnerships, or you want to look at where you might be able to get a little mention in the news. I'm not a PR expert, but I do know that there are lots and lots of places where journalists, for example, are always looking for quotes. So I think there used to be one, and I forget the hashtag. There was a hashtag on Twitter that you could just monitor, and it was something like journo request, as in journo as in journalist, journo request, something like that. If you do a quick Google, I'm sure you can find it. There used to be something like that where you could comment on Twitter and you're basically giving permission that as long as they link to your website or to your business, that you're quite happy for them to use a comment from you in the press. We had a client a while ago selling a very difficult to sell online product. It was a health supplement. It's a bit like a tablet, a small capsule that you take every day. It costs nearly £200 per month for one of these per day. So it's not the cheapest. They had one article in the Daily Mail, I think it was the Telegraph, one of the big newspapers and publications here in the UK. That alone drove nearly a thousand sales in two or three days through their site. And so if you times a thousand by 200 pounds, they made 200,000 pounds of revenue. And I was absolutely gobsmacked because at the time we were making about 40 or 50,000 pounds per month in revenue from, from Google. And we couldn't use Google Shopping in that instance, but from Google text ads. And this article popped up and it kept sending more and more traffic to us for the next three, four, five weeks 
And two or three months later, there was still a bit of traffic coming in. And we still featured it in emails and things we were doing online as well. So again, one little mention can send so much traffic to your website. Again, it's not easy. It's one of those things where we often use the analogy of a sort of, there's no guarantee it's going to work. But you know, the more times you do it, the higher the chance there is that it is going to work. And that's very much the approach you want to take with something like PR. So Point number three is get obsessed with marketing, work out which channels work for you, scale those channels up as quickly as you can. As soon as they're making profit and you can prove that, spend, 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 because that spend is turning into revenue You know, within a day or two of, of the traffic hitting the site, depending on your customer cycle from click to purchase, etc. So get obsessed with marketing, put up to 50% of your time into it. Any more is probably a little bit overkill. Depends on your role in the business and who else you've got in the team. Point number two then, and we've been talking about this a lot over the last three weeks, and we've done a bit of a partnership with Bright Pearl, which is essentially a system that keeps your customers informed via text messages, emails about delivery information. It helps you control your inventory and stock so that the website and Amazon and eBay and any other channels you're using like Etsy, all the channels know what's in stock and what's not. So to manage customer expectations, etc. We've done a series with Bright Pearl all about trust. And one of the big outputs of our trust series recently, and also another series we did with them back in the summer about the biggest winners and losers of lockdown and the kind of e-com boom we've had over the last year or so. One of the big things has been about building trust is all about keeping customers informed from Brightpile's perspective. There's more elements to it than that. It's perhaps not the most important one, but certainly keeping customers informed has been one of the biggest learnings we've had on the podcast. And one of the biggest things we've been getting messages and questions about as a result of the podcast episodes. So people reaching out saying, you know, could you look at my store and tell me how trustworthy you think my, my pages are? It's all these things about like looking at um, customer reviews. What does your review platform look like? But again, from Bright Pearl's perspective, keeping customers informed during the whole logistics process is absolutely critical to a number of things that are going to drive revenue. And the biggest one in there that we talk about a lot is about repeat orders. So if somebody's delivery is going to be a day late, customers are going to get angry about that sort of thing. However, if there are regular text messages, like SMS, or if there are regular emails going out saying, we're really sorry, there's been a delay. Here's a 5% off your next order voucher and your item will arrive one day later than expected. Click here to edit your delivery, leave with a neighbor or change delivery date or address etc. So I, I use DPD in the UK and find them very, very good for stuff like that. So I, I've got a replacement phone coming this morning because I've broken the screen on my phone, for example. And I had a text message this morning telling me that my driver, who's called Daniel, so it's even got his name, is going to arrive in the next uh, one to two hours. And I think they've even given me a one hour slot as well. So again, keeping customers informed is absolutely critical to growing your business. Customers don't necessarily mind if it's going to be quite a long time between ordering and the delivery arriving within reason. But the more you keep them informed, the more chance there is at the end of it, they're not going to be unhappy because they knew it was going to take two to three weeks if that's the current turnaround time in their territory. So keep customers informed now, on to point number one, the most important thing we've learned in the last few months, and I would actually say since I started hosting the podcast nine months ago, back in June, and I'm sure Caroline, who was looking after the podcast for a year or two beforehand, and just a reference, I think we hit 125 podcast episodes recently. Absolutely brilliant. And one of the biggest learnings I've had since I've been hosting this podcast is that businesses, especially e-commerce stores need to run focus groups and to get customer feedback. 
It might not be focus groups itself, but you need to hear from your customers. You need to build some sort of manageable, friendly, a way that customers want to engage. And I am in the process of talking to an expert on this to get them to come onto the show and share some of their top tips about how to set up proper customer feedback loops. There's a small agency based near us and we're having those conversations. As you'd imagine, they're pretty busy at the moment. But when you're running these customer focus groups or you're emailing customers and asking them for feedback, or you're going through your good, medium, and and really, really bad customer reviews on your Trustpilot or FIFO, Widget, etc. What I would highly recommend is you, you want to list out what you want to know from reading those reviews before you dive in. And some of the things you might want to find out, depending on your business, it might be things like how you want to bundle items together. So if you sell iPhone cases, why not have some sort of bundle on each iPhone case page to say for an extra $10, you can have a charging cable and for an extra $10 on top of that, you can also have a little cradle for your phone to sit in on your desk or in your car, etc. Given how busy my phone is day to day, whether I'm in the car or I'm sitting at my desk, I have a cradle for it at all times. So if I needed one at the time, I would absolutely add that in for an extra $10. So bundling is quite an important thing. So one of the questions you might want to ask in a focus group is, what other products would you have liked to have purchased with this product? I'll give you another example. We've got an espresso coffee machine in the office. So we get those little Nespresso pods. And anybody who's like me out there listening in is probably now thinking, you know, what a waste of uh, waste of plastic for the environment. Terrible. You know, we need to just make our own coffee and use uh, cardboard packaging, etc. Well, I'll be honest with you. I bought the coffee from a particular place because I wanted that brand of coffee and their pods are recyclable. The problem is you can't recycle them when the coffee's still in there. And they had no way apart from spending a minute or two per pod, peeling off the top and washing all the coffee out and getting that pod to dry and then chucking it in the recycling bin. Massive faff. So I went on Google and searched up coffee pod recycling device. And I found one small little plastic pot. You put the coffee pod on it. Then you get this giant lid and put it on top and give it a whack with your hand. And it splits the coffee into the cradle at the bottom. And the pod then is left on top. And you can just give it a quick rinse under the tap put it on the drying board and wait for it to dry. And once it's dry, chuck it in the recycling. So now both at home and my office, I have one of these devices. They cost £12.50 each. So I bought two of them, one for the office, one for the home. And it's great. I can now recycle my pods without having to, uh, to faff and worry about all of the, uh, the plastic that's then going into the general waste and into the uh, into landfill. So bundling items is a really, really good thing to do. And I highly recommend you ask your customers, what product did you want to buy with this? You can also, and this is another bit of customer feedback, you can also look in your Google Analytics at specific orders. So if you've not got that set up, go on Google and type in Google Analytics, Google Analytics, Shopify installation. Um, we are going to do a podcast session on that in the next few weeks as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, but do a quick Google, get that set up. And in the e-commerce section of Google Analytics, which is now slightly different on GA4, which is now being rolled out, so you'll probably find yourself on GA4. So yeah, be warned. Making sure you check in Google Analytics, you'll be able to see what people purchased in each order. So you can see what your customers are already bundling together. And there are also, going back to my point about apps, supporting what you're already trying to do, there are also apps that can bundle your products together for somebody and offer a 5% discount, for example, if they buy more than one product or the total order value is above a certain point. And that app will automatically bundle and it will learn over time 
what people are buying together, what bundles get clicked on more, and ultimately, which ones make you more revenue. And that's the main thing you want to focus on there. You also want to find out from your customers via feedback and focus groups, find out what's the most popular products that they were interested in, especially the ones that they were interested in but didn't buy. Because if they didn't buy it, it won't be in your data. It won't be in your Google Analytics because they didn't buy it. But to find out from people, why didn't you buy that particular product or asking the right question of, did you look at a different product initially and then buy this one? And if they say yes, you want to find out exactly what product that was they looked at. And they might say, well, this one was a lot cheaper. And then you can make a decision as a business. Shall we get rid of the cheaper one to drive people to the more expensive ones who make more profit? Or actually, should we just drop or make the more expensive one a premium looking add-on or a premium upgrade? So when somebody puts the cheaper one in their cart, it says, actually, would you like to review this product, which is a more premium model and comes with a five-year guarantee instead of one? things like that. So again, ask them what is the most popular product or their most interested product and was that different to what they actually purchased. And then that kind of leads me on to my third point on this as well is you want to find out what people looked for initially. Did you buy the product you were looking for when you started searching on Google or when you first came to the site? Another thing you can set up on Google Analytics as well is you can set up a little what's called a search query report. And what that is, and, and there is also that for Google Ads, so try to be careful that we're not going into that one, but a search query report in Google Analytics will record what people typed into your search box on the website to find products or to navigate the site. And that can help you in a number of ways. So that's another bit of customer feedback that can help you do things like changing the layout of your navigation on the website. What a lot of people do, and we spoke about this in our SEO series last year, a lot of people just walk around their warehouse or go through their spreadsheet of products and go, right, we can clump them together and clump them together and clump them together into three main groups. And then they just make their main menu based on those three categories, essentially. It's an obvious way to do it when you don't have any data. But once you've got some data, and that could either be how people want to search through the site, how people do buy stuff, or equally as important, what keywords are people typing into Google? And let's lay the website out in the same way. Is it, again, another really, really good way to go. And then if you do do any advertising on Google text ads, um, and the same with Google Shopping, the way you group products together on Shopping or the way you group keywords together on Google Ads would highly, highly recommend that reflects the menu and navigation of the site. Because then again, if somebody types in a keyword looking for ovens and hobs, they're going to find a page you've got called ovens and hobs because you've looked at what are the customers looking for and getting all those different variables, all those different types of products, then making them work in a really nice design. So having a look at what people are typing into your search box on your website, again, is another really, really good way to do that. So those are my top tips. So just to go back, back through the top five things and top five tips from recent episodes on the podcast. Number five is don't get distracted by apps and shiny new things. Focus on what's making money. Number four, get the design and theme absolutely right and keep refining, keep changing, keep testing. Point number three is to do lots of marketing. So Google shopping, do some partnerships with people, get some free traffic, send emails out to get repeat orders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So do lots and lots of marketing. Point number two, keep customers informed. And you can use something like Bright Pearl. You could also talk to your couriers and see what text messages they can send out. An interesting point I didn't mention earlier, actually, which is a good point on couriers, if the courier is the one sending out the message saying there's been a delay or an error, 
A, you want to know about it so you can change couriers. And B, it also means the focus is on the delivery company messing up and they'll know that's not you because they'll know it's UPS or DPD or whatever other delivery company that you are using. So keep customers informed. And number one, absolutely the running theme, the most important thing that's been said and shared over um, over the last few months of the podcast is customer feedback, focus groups. You want to get inside your customers' heads, get some feedback. Because at the end of the day, you're not building a website for yourself. You're not building it because it's something that you want to show off or make you look good. Might be part of the equation, let's be honest. But ultimately, you're doing it to serve your customers. What's really, really going to look good to you is when you've got lots of revenue coming in, lots of repeat orders and some great reviews from customers and you've got customers ordering weekly. And then at that point, then going back to point number five, then you can start getting a bit distracted by some shiny new things like memberships and subscriptions, that kind of thing as well. So thanks for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We've got a bit of a scatty set of episodes coming up now. It's not going to be a series. There's going to be several different things going on. As I say, we're going to try and do something about Google Analytics. We're going to try and do something about running focus groups, getting customer feedback, etc. And then we've also got a few other a few other people lined up. One in particular on social media, which is something I don't think we've spoken about enough on the podcast over the last nine months. So yeah, we might even do a mini series on social as well. So check out the Facebook group, uh, Winning with Shopify. Just search that on Facebook, go and get involved there. I am monitoring things on there now. So feel free to drop messages. I'll reply if I can help on any bits and pieces. And um, yeah, stay tuned. And we'll be back again next Friday, as always, with another episode purely for you guys. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. Sign up for free for the Shopify-approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. See you next time.